Hi, everyone, and welcome to How Have We Never Seen This Before. This is a podcast where two best friends discuss iconic movies that, well, neither of us have ever seen before. I'm Isabel. And I'm Lauren. And this is How Have We Never Seen This Before. Hope you enjoy. everyone and welcome back to another episode of how have we never seen this before before we begin i just wanted to give a huge shout out to michael beaumont over at monitor comics he is now doing our podcast art and it looks amazing so thank you so much mike and i also wanted to give a shout out to the winner of our first guess the movie contest the winner this week is michaela d elsie it's really special because we've known her for almost 12 years now so We'll talk more about the game later, but let's get into the podcast. This week, we watched The Godfather, and before we begin talking about it, Lauren has some very exciting points that she has to make that I know nothing about, so take it away. (laughs) Yes, so fun fact about Isabel, her (laughs) favorite movie is National Treasure, starring the iconic Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Um, and so you may be asking, where does this fall into what we're talking about? Well, the movie that we're discussing today is The Godfather, and Nicolas Cage is actually related to Francis Ford Coppola, who is the director of The Godfather, and he actually changed his name so he wouldn't have his uncle's fame. I didn't know that at all. Yes, I thought you would appreciate that fun fact. Before we even started the movie... I started the movie. We watched it separately. I was like, why is this movie so long? It's three hours. Yeah. It was really interesting, and uh, it definitely didn't feel like three hours, but there are some points where I was kind of losing my attention span. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I put it at two times speed. That's cheating! <laughs> No wonder you didn't understand the Italian parts. No, I had it when they were in Italy. That's I was at two times speed, but why would I understand that anyway? I can't believe you cheated. I'm so sorry. I had to cut the grass. I had to sit through three hours of this movie just so you could watch it in an hour and a half. How no, 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 no. Not the entire time. I, I watched it in probably two hours and 30 minutes. Okay, okay, that's understandable. It was only, like, certain parts. Okay. So, anyway. Okay, also, I know I knew absolutely nothing about this movie. I, I had no idea what would happen. It wasn't like Rocky where I thought or I knew that there was going to be fighting and Philly. In this one, I knew absolutely nothing. Yeah, I didn't really know anything about this either. And to be honest, I was putting it off um, because I didn't want to see Marlon Brando old. Um, I, like, grew up watching him in A Streetcar Named Desire and On the Waterfront, and he's just so dreamy in those, and I was not looking forward to seeing him with his big cheeks and all those wrinkles, and so that's why I had been putting it off for so long. Don't bash big cheeks. I have chubby cheeks. Right, I'm sorry. Sorry to the big cheek community. (laughs) Okay. Um, so, the film starts, and we're at Don Corleone's daughter's wedding, and they are in an office, and this man, he doesn't come up any later, and they didn't really give him a name, not that I could tell, 
And he was talking about how he really needs the Godfather's help because his daughter was attacked by these men because she wouldn't sleep with one of them. And they were only in jail for a day. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, I was like, huh, things aren't very much different today. (laughs) Absolutely nothing has changed. I was thinking about that, that whole Stanford, the swimming thing. That's exactly where my mind went. And I was like, wow, this should be something that we're not dealing with anymore. But mm-hmm. it's uh, not. What really put me off about that is not only was she attacked, but the main reason why this man was so upset is because his daughter is apparently no longer beautiful. That was what? his main worry. <laughs> <laughs> they They say that later, too. Towards the end, there's another girl and he's like, or her father says to the godfather, she's no longer beautiful and innocent, like he's ruined her. Oh, so many problems with that. But it only happens twice, I think. So Just like the, the way they treat women as the story progresses just keeps getting worse. Really, like the woman that I thought would be in it the most, which is Connie, his daughter, wasn't in it at all. She maybe had five minutes of screen time. So after that, after he explains to the godfather don corleone that um his daughter was attacked and he needs his help (laughs) i was like oh that's where that voice is from i didn't know that the weird voice or the weird accent that marlon brando has in this movie is from this movie because people make fun of it (laughs) wait that's actually pretty funny because um when he was saying like you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding um, I was like, hmm, I've seen this before somewhere. And that's because, have you ever watched Rugrats Go to Paris? No, but I wrote, have you ever seen Zootopia? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong they, they mimic the Godfather in Zootopia, and they do this scene, and they're little little mice, or possums, and they the rabbit saves his daughter, and it's the Godfather situation, but continue. Yeah, that it's the same situation in the opening scene of Rugrats Go to Paris. <laughs> They're creating this, like, little fake scene. Um, yeah. Why did they put so that funny in that kids' we both movie? That. I guess for the parents. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a reference for the parents to understand. Um, so then they, they keep talking about this, and the godfather is talking to this man. He's like, you weren't my friend. You never invited me over to your house for coffee. Like, you should have been my friend and I would help you. So he's like, do you want to be my friend? <laughs> and then he kisses his hand. And I was thinking very much like the Pope and how you have to, like, kiss the ring of the Pope. That's all I know about Catholicism. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the coronavirus <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> All right, and then we're we're at the actual wedding, and I was like, oh my god, it's Adrian. It's Connie, but it's Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the same actor, and I think that's crazy that the, the first two movies we watch has the exact same act- actress. I know, I love that. <laughs> and that's all she's really known for, too, the- these two movies. Yeah. The wedding looked so that, fun. Yeah, that looked like an amazing wedding. There were so many people, and they were all just so happy. What really annoyed me, though, was that um, all of the guys at the wedding were conducting business throughout the whole entire thing, except until the very end. I don't understand why in every movie that's that's like this, they conduct all their business at really important life events. And I guess, like, because there's a lot of people there and it might be a little less suspicious, but then you're also missing out on your mm-hmm. daughter's wedding day. So... <laughs> I would be so pissed off if... Everyone, all the boys in my family were off doing business on my wedding day. Like, 
The Cotton Eye Joe is playing. <laughs> Come line dance. Um, and while they're doing all this business, there are FBI or I think it's I'm pretty sure it's FBI and they're writing down the license plate of all the cars that are outside of the house, which I thought was pretty illegal. And then we get introduced to Polly. Another Polly. <laughs> that down, but I couldn't remember who was Polly the rest of the movie because there were just so many names and so many people. No, Polly is annoying. Which one's he does Polly? something awful. Polly. Because I I tried to get the names down, but there were so many names I couldn't remember. Okay, well they kill Polly for betraying them. All right. So, oh, okay. Also at the wedding, this man named Johnny comes and. Everyone, all the girls are screaming. They're fangirling really hard. And he is the godson of the godfather. And I was just like, does everybody want their child to be the godchild of Don Corleone just so he'll do things for them? Yeah. And I think at the end, you can kind of see the importance of being like, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. the godfather and the power that comes with it. They also tell the story (laughs) about the band leader and that the godfather made him an offer he couldn't refuse that johnny could be free of this recording contract so he could go do better things and originally he offered him ten thousand dollars and then he put a gun to his head and he said fine a thousand dollars so i i said this must be like is this how every interaction goes and as we see yes it is (laughs) yep or worse Another important point to note about the wedding is that we're introduced to Michael. We kind of find out that he's the black sheep. He's in military attire, and he doesn't seem to be involved in any of the family business. And he brings Kay, his girlfriend, and she isn't Italian. So that's kind of going on at the same time as the wedding. Um, But then... After the wedding, or from the wedding, from this inter- interaction and them bringing up the band leader story, Johnny needs help getting a movie part. So they go to California to convince this, I think he's the director, but they try to convince him to put Johnny in the, sh- in the movie and he refuses. And before he refuses, I just got to say that the costume directors in these last two films do a really great job with all the suits. I love them. They look so good. <laughs> I made a note of Mr. Waltz's suit, too. It looked so good. And this other guy behind him had this bejeweled cardigan. What a king. <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> and then he makes him this offer that Johnny should be in the movie. It's not really an offer. He's just like, put Johnny in the movie. <laughs> and he asks him if he he's Italian, and he says he's German-Irish. And he calls him a kraut Mike friend i is that a slur yeah he throws a lot of slurs at him okay that's what i I thought it was a slur and i i figured it's well also when he thought he was italian he was saying slurs to him about being italian too so yeah (laughs) no i I think i was caught up because i couldn't figure out what the other one meant and i just assumed it was a slur Mm -hmm. um so so then they go to mr waltz's house and Tom says, like, yes, I'm working for, for Don Corleone. And then he's a little bit nicer to him. He's like, why didn't you say that before? Like, things would have been a little bit different. Yeah. And he describes why he can't give Johnny the job. And it's because Johnny made the director feel humiliated because the woman that they were working with wanted to be with Johnny instead of with the director. God forbid a woman uses her own free will. 
And this woman was probably in her early 20s, and this man is in his late 60s, early 70s. Wait, I thought it was because he trained her to be a star, and she wanted to, like, settle down and have a family. No, I, well, at least, maybe, but at least what I understood was that he was, he said she was the finest piece of that he ever Yeah, had. I thought he meant that for the industry. That is not, I don't think that's how he meant Okay. Well, we're also introduced to the horse, the $600,000 horse. And that poor horse. I said to myself, nothing better happened to this horse because why would they introduce the horse if they weren't going to do something awful to it? Right after they show the horse, the next scene is them slowly zooming in on a bed. And I couldn't tell if Mr. Waltz was dead or if he was just stabbed because he was moving. And then you see him pull up the bed sheets and there's just blood everywhere and i was like it can't be him he he would have felt that he would have woken up in his sleep and then there's the horse's head in his bed that was so horrifying it was so horrifying and (laughs) it looked very real and i was concerned they cut off the horse no i'm sure they didn't you never know it was it was pretty gross pretty real oh my I also don't know how he didn't feel yeah, how, like so How could he not feel like being covered in blood? And a horse's he- horses are very heavy. So I think you would have felt Or the that. smell too. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> um, so after they put the horse's head in Mr. Waltz's yes. bed, we are transported back to New York and, and Johnny has the job in the film. And then they mention the five families. Of, of New York. So these are the five mob boss families. And I was just, at this point, I was a little confused. I, I didn't understand what the Godfather did to get his money or how it was. I, I was assuming something illegal, but I wasn't sure if it was passed down or he started his own business. But later on, they say he's in the quote unquote olive oil business. Mm-hmm. And then they mention this drug ring and this man's trying to get support from the godfather and get him involved for 30% of the profits so that he can have police protection and political influence because the godfather has all these connections and can kind of corrupt anything if he wills it. Mm-hmm. He then he says no though because drugs is a dangerous business and it a lot of his political partners might go against him for that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because at this point in the movie, I felt like I was rooting for the Corleone family because I guess they turned down like selling drugs and they only even though they're awful people, like they they murder <laughs> people all the time, they murder animals. I don't I guess I was rooting for them because I guess the Godfather kind of serves as like a moral like a moral guideline. I said this later, but I did say that the Godfather seems like the only one who has his like head straight. He he doesn't act mm-hmm. without thinking. So I I think Mm-hmm. had he not been there like had he sent his sons it would have ended very differently and i don't know maybe mm-hmm. actually that would have been better for their family in the end but at this yeah. point i was like is there a potential battle between the five families and yes there is <laughs> so then the godfather asks luca brazi who's his i kind of like a hitman kind of a double agent he asks him to go meet with the tataglia Tartaglia. My grandmother's maiden name is Tartaglia, so I keep getting them confused. Oh, that's funny. Um. Anyway, so he asked him to go meet with that family and say that he's kind of fed up with 
the Corleones and that he's looking to switch sides. And as he walked into the bar, all I could think about was the drink that he's handing him is poison. The the cigarette that they're giving him is there's poison in that. And then they're talking in Italian. I don't know what they're saying. I'm assuming that he thinks that they're believing whatever he's saying. And then they stab him in the hand. And then they strangle him. I think being choked out on Christmas is a truly awful way to die. (laughs) I feel really bad for Luca. Yeah, I felt bad, but I don't know. He seemed a little... I feel like he could have been a traitor in the end, too. Like, if he had really gone in with that family, he might have switched sides. But I don't know. I don't know. know. I think he was loyal throughout the whole thing. The whole 20 minutes. (laughs) Whole 20 minutes of his appearance. But, um... I also, at this point, thought to myself, ah, this is a Christmas movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't figure out the time, because the wedding looked like a summer wedding, and there was just, like, a lot of back and forth with the timelines. It was a little hard to follow that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's it's obvious it's Christmas when Tom Hagen, who becomes a consigliere, he's, like, an advisor to the head of a family. I'm sure every family has one. Then the... Two other members of this rival family come up to him while he's walking down the street and there's Christmas music playing when they're like get in the car and it's the Christmas song like he sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake and all I could think about was like the the heads of these these mob boss families have eyes all over the place so they're like an evil Santa Claus. That's not like an eloquent way to put it but they have eyes all over the place, they're always watching you. I guess. Instead of coal you get choked out on Christmas. <laughs> Moving on, moving on. So now we're at the... Wait, we have to clarify that this is all Polly's fault. Yeah, so this is all Polly's fault because he's pretending to be sick and he's tipping people off about that. Do you know what I was thinking during this scene? What? When he was pretending to cough, like, like for Mean Girls, <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> so now we're at an open-air market. It's like a fruit fruit market and... Don Corleone's just walking around, grabbing some oranges, and these two men just come up and shoot him down. And Alfredo, his one of his sons, does absolutely nothing. He drops the gun and does nothing. And it was just so quick. And I was just thinking, like, after all this time of being a mob boss, like, why don't you have any protection? Why don't you have someone else there with a gun? Why didn't you wear a bulletproof vest, which we see Brozzy do earlier? It just seemed weird that he had no other protection when he knew all of this stuff was going on because they had these meetings with the other family. And also, it's important, I guess, to point out that he was picking up oranges because that becomes a symbol for something in the rest of the movies. I read that somewhere. Oh, really? After I watched this, yes. So we have to look out for oranges when we review the next I also completely made that up because I couldn't remember if he was picking up apples or oranges. Really? Yeah, Yeah, they were oranges. Oh, okay. Cool. So, also I said I'm assuming he isn't dead because there are still over two hours left in this movie. He can't die or the movie would be over. Not yet, at least. Not (laughs) yet. So then we cut to Michael and Kay walking out of Radio City Music Hall and they're just walking down the street and she sees a newspaper that's somehow already been printed that says that the Godfather is dead. And I just didn't understand how she could see that when she was on the opposite side of the sidewalk with Michael in the way. And she was just like, yeah, your your dad might be dead and you know nothing about it. She wasn't even looking in the right direction either. That was just, just a weird way to 
bring that about. Like, they could have just reshot it and had her actually looking at the newsstand. <laughs> so then we go to the next scene, and it's Tom Hagen and the... Say their name again? Tatalia. Tatalia's. And also the drug dealer who's working with them. And they kidnap Tom, but they they didn't want to kill him. But then they tried to kill the godfather. I didn't really understand why they did both. I could understand one or the other. It just seemed like if you've already killed him, why would you need Tom? I, don't I know. think they did that so the power would shift to one of the sons. Mm. Um, because they were into the deal from the beginning. And he knew that for some reason. He talked about it later. Yeah, I just, I just didn't, I thought that was a little strange. And then they ask Hagen to fix everything, which, like, I don't know how he could fix anything after they've just attempted to kill their, their leader, which was just a little strange to me. So then they're, it looks like a Christmas tree farm and, and two or three of them find out that the Godfather is actually still alive. And I was curious as to whether they were going to keep that a secret or if they were just going to tell everyone that he was still alive because I thought that if they didn't keep it a secret, then there would be more attempts on his life. So I didn't know how they'd do that because there's so many of them and they say everything in an open space. <laughs> um, so then they're back at home and all the brothers are together and the other workers of, of the Godfather and a package arrives and I... I was thinking maybe it's like a bomb, maybe they're just trying to get all of them at once, and it's Brozzi's vest with a fish in it, so that means he's swimming with the fishes that they killed him, pretty much. Yeah, just kind of a weird way of saying that someone's dead. Yeah, I I just, I don't know, I figured just send them their head, I don't know. <laughs> it's like the horse. <laughs> I don't think that's the right way to go about it either, how about just a polite letter? A- yeah, because they're, they're real polite. Dear the Corleone family, we killed Luca Brasi. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he sleeps with the fishes and then draw a fish. The little, the triangle and the little line, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give a little smiley face. So then we see, I don't know who this is. This, I couldn't figure out his name. It's the bigger guy. And I'm guessing this is Polly that he's That's with. what I thought, but I wasn't 100% sure. Because now that you say that, Polly's the one who kind of causes. I think it's Polly, but I don't remember the other guy's name. But they're driving into the city, and I was like, someone's gonna die. Everyone's gonna die right now. Because they're in an, an open field with the Statue of Liberty in the distance, and he's just like, I need to get out and go to the bathroom. I was like, you're gonna die. Like, Yeah, I knew he was gonna die. It was just awful, though, because they were laughing and joking before this. Yeah, I guess that's to keep him off guard, but it, I don't know. I... I, I even remember, I was like, who was the driver? Why was he shot? And knowing it's Polly, it makes a, or assuming it's Polly, it would make a lot more sense. But it, it just seemed like a strange way to go about things, especially because they just leave him in the car in the middle of this. Also, place. at this point, I noticed something kind of interesting. So usually, like throughout the whole movie, when someone's like shot, glass shatters, like whether it's like a car window mm. or even towards the end, there's always glass shattering when people, when something violent happens. Yeah. I, I didn't think about that, but yeah, I'm, later on there's the uh, rotating door that glass shatters. and The glasses. That's, that is interesting that the glass always shatters when someone dies. So then there, Michael wouldn't tell Kay that he loved her even though she said, I love you. And then <laughs> they were talking about cooking and how, how to make like the perfect meatballs and sauce pretty much. And I just thought it was really <laughs> funny because for Mother's Day, I made my family spaghetti and meatballs. 
but my grandmother was disappointed with my oh what kind of sauce i just took it from a can like not a can but like i didn't make the sauce myself because i had an exam that day but she was disappointed with it and kept telling me how it would be better so i'll take the italian cooking tips that they give in this movie (laughs) yeah you should have also going back to why he didn't tell her he loved her i think at first i thought um it was because he thought he would have been made fun of but then i was also thinking about it and he kind of sends her away to protect her and you can tell that he pushes her away um as he gets more involved with the family Mm -hmm. and i guess maybe he's worried about getting close to her because it puts her in danger kind of like (laughs) spider-man Yeah, okay. And then, so they're at a hotel, and this is where he's really starting to push her away. Like, I, oh, I think it's a hotel. It looks like they have room service or something. But then they're going to, or Michael goes to the hospital to see his father. And when he's there, he's like, why, where are all the police that we sent? And where are our men that we, we sent here to protect him? And he was, something bad's going to happen now that they're gone. People know that he's here and, and they move him. And when they were moving him, they shot it from an angle where you could see part of the stairs. And I thought they were going to roll him down the stairs. <laughs> don't don't go too close to the stairs i got really nervous for him i was like that's gonna kill him the nurse was also kind of scaring me yeah i don't know it felt kind of horrible. i thought she was gonna like inject him with something and that would be the end of him too (laughs) there's a lot of ways people can die in this so then enzo who's a baker and is friends with them because the godfather had helped them out um he comes and tries to bring flowers and michael says no we someone's coming we need to go outside and and protect him so they pretend they have guns and they they pop their collars and they stick their hand in their coat pocket as these uh rival mob bosses drive up like they're going to go in and and shoot him and i was just surprised it i thought it would take more for them to leave i think that um the reason why they left is because they didn't think it was completely cleared out like if there are two people standing outside you don't know who's inside but i think they thought that they were outnumbered Mm. okay okay yeah i got what you mean then the police chief comes with he came with someone i i thought it was the drug dealer who i don't know the name of so the person that you're talking about is solasto and he's known as the turk which is the oh right okay okay I remember them saying like, I remember him them calling him the Turk. So at that point also when the police show up, the police chief punches Michael and I didn't realize this until I looked it up after, but he breaks his jaw and that's why it's all bruised in the next scene. And you also find out here that he's a war hero, which kind of explains why he wasn't really involved in the family business until now. And another important part to kind of take note of here is that it was a it was very much a turning point in the movie when Michael gets involved in the family business and decides to be there for his dad. That, yeah, I wrote that down as definitely a turning point for him. Um, so mm-hmm. then they're back at the house. This is the point where I was just like, why is Sonny in charge? Sonny seems so reckless and just really impulsive. And like he would do anything yeah. just because in that moment he feels like it. And I just didn't understand why he would be in charge. It should be someone... Someone like Tom or someone like Michael who thinks at least a little bit more and is more like the Godfather because I think that's someone with a level head should be should be running a, a mob. <laughs> Maybe he was just next in line and that's how that worked. I, I don't really know how the mafia goes. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I, I assumed he was the next 
brother in line because Michael seemed a lot younger than the rest of them. And Tom brings up that he wants to shoot the police captain. And I was like, wow, that's a terrible idea. You'll definitely get arrested for that. But Michael is kind of all for it. It was so funny when they were uh, thinking about what restaurant to pick and they decided on one that was known for its good food. And I think that's so funny and how like food plays such a big role in their lives. Like whenever they're arguing, they always um, say that they're if they eat, they'll <laughs> feel better. Or yeah, I just think that it's funny how they think food is going to solve all of their problems. Yeah, but I think sometimes. <laughs> At this point, they're also complaining about dishonest cops and, like, how could the police chief do this? And I was like, don't don't you have control of all the other cops? Which I, which just seemed, like, kind of hypocritical, but that's, that's how the mafia mm-hmm. goes, I guess. So then they also have a gun that Michael's going to use to kill the police chief. And it was explained that the tape on the gun would keep it from getting fingerprints. And they explicitly tell him to drop the gun, which I didn't understand. Like, why would you drop the gun? Why would you? It just seemed a little strange to drop, specifically drop it. Yeah, maybe it's so that the police don't go digging for more evidence if there's just hmm, none okay. in the gun. I don't know. That's just, I just thought of that now. But I also thought this scene was weird because his bruise looked so much worse than yeah, it did in Yeah, the that's scene why before. I was like, maybe something. More, I wasn't even sure if he got slapped or punched. And then when I looked up that he had had his jaw broken, that made a little bit more sense to me. And then they, Michael is going to this dinner. And I was a little confused because they're, they're going over a bridge. And Michael mentions, like, why are we going to Jersey? I thought we were going to a restaurant in Brooklyn. And then they whip around and head back to the restaurant. Well, if you looked behind them, it looked like two cars were following them. So I think they were trying to kind of like lose the cars that were oh. following them. Yep. Yep. I remember that now. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, they I did, they did a lot of like shots of them weaving in and out. So that would make sense if someone was following mm-hmm. them. They were trying to ditch them because they couldn't make that sharp turnaround like they, they did to return to Brooklyn. So then they're at the restaurant and they're talking in Italian again and there are no subtitles and I didn't know what they were saying. But I did look up that apparently, th- this might not be be true, but one comment was that you're not supposed to know what they're saying because you're supposed to be in the same position as the police captain who doesn't know Italian, which oh. I was like, huh, maybe, I don't know if that's it, but that's interesting. I was just going to say that I understood it a little bit and they were kind of talking about how what happened to uh, the Godfather was business mm-hmm. and that uh, he has like respect for him still. He's just basically saying that he wants peace and that he respects the Godfather and shooting him was just all business. Mm. Sure. Okay. And then Michael kills the police chief and the Turk, and that's that's that. And then they do that cool newspaper effect where they, they just show different newspapers headlining that the police chief was killed and he was involved with this drug ring. And I don't know. I thought that was a fun effect. <laughs> we love a good montage. Um, so then the godfather comes home, and at this point I, I was kind of sensing that Michael might have been his favorite son. Because he didn't want to talk to any of the others unless Michael was there. And earlier at the wedding, he he refused to take a picture for the wedding party without Michael. Which I think says a lot for what happens in the end. Like like the position that Michael gets put in mm-hmm. at the end and why it's him and not, not anybody else. I also think uh, to Vito, family is really important to him. 
Like, I wrote down a quote that he said about family. He says, a man who never spends time with his family can never be a real man. So it kind of shows how much he values family over everything. He always, he emphasizes even like friends that are so close as family and how being someone's godfather is very, very important for Italians. So at this point, Michael is now in Italy and this is because he because he killed the police chief and and the Turk he needed to leave for his safety. I didn't understand that at the time. I understood it later, so I was confused <laughs> and I thought he was just there to meet a girl <laughs> and get married. Like he he met that girl right away. But then it, it switches back and forth through Italy and New York and Connie mm-hmm. is abused by her husband and she calls Sonny right away, and as soon as Sonny finds out, he drives over and beats him up. I thought maybe he bit his finger off because there was a point where he was grabbing this pole and he he got his mouth really close to his hands, <laughs> but I, there wasn't any blood, so I don't think he bit his finger off. But that's kind of where I thought it was going. Yeah, I hate Carlo throughout the whole movie. He sucks. Terrible. And then it switches back to Italy, and Michael's marrying this girl Apollonia, who isn't that important. What I don't understand is at the wedding, they do not look That's happy at I all. That's what I said. I was like, did she want to get married? Like, what is going on here? She seems, she's not smiling. Like, she's not necessarily upset, but she's not happy. And then all of a sudden we cut towards the, the bedroom. And then I was like, oh, I guess it's fine. <laughs> you look a little happy there. I just thought that their wedding didn't look nearly as fun as the opening No, scene. not at all. And I didn't... I, that's why I, I thought maybe he went to Italy to marry her. Because she didn't look happy. Oh, really? I don't know. I, I wasn't sure because I didn't pick up on the fact that he left for his safety until later. Oh. But then we're cutting back to America and this woman in a red coat shows up. And I didn't understand who it was, but it's Kay, the girl he was seeing earlier. I think it's interesting that the first time you see her enter the house, she's wearing a red dress, and the second time, she's wearing a red Mm, coat. Interesting. I didn't think about that. But yeah, so we see her, and then we cut to Connie's house, and she's pregnant. Don't know when that happened, but she, a a man comes in, and at that point, I thought it was Sunny, and I was, because they both have this curly hair, and I I was like, like, why? (laughs) And then he starts... He gets very angry and he looks like he's trying to whip her with a belt. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, Sonny, what are you doing? Like, she just got abused by her husband. And then I realized it was her husband. (laughs) And you also learn that he is cheating on her too. Carlos cheating on Connie. Connie. Yeah, I I just, I got very confused and I thought it was Sonny for the majority of that scene. And then I realized it. Because then Sonny is called because Connie calls Sonny as soon as it happens again and he immediately drives off, doesn't tell anybody where he's going. They try to follow him, but as soon as he gets there, well, he's, he goes to the toll to cross into wherever Connie lives because we don't really know. And he gets shot down by six to eight guys with machine guns. And I was just like, there won't be any of them left by the end of this movie. And how can they make two more if everybody's dead? <laughs> After he dies, um, the godfather is is talking about it with his family. And to me, he seemed like the only one to have any sense. He was just like, there, there's no vengeance for this. Like, enough people have died already. We just need to get a meeting of everyone to end this. So the next scene is actually pretty important um, because you get to see uh, the guy from the very beginning of the movie. Uh, he works at a funeral home, I guess. And he's in charge of making 
Sonny look good for the funeral, and the godfather asks him to return the favor. Finally, the day has come, and you think it's going to be Mm -hmm. something violent, but in reality, he just asks that the guy makes Sonny look presentable and isn't covered in so much blood for the funeral, which I think you kind of really get to see the godfather's heart there, and that kind of helps me root for the family even more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So after Sonny dies, we Mm -hmm. also cut back to Italy and Michael and Apollonia are driving around and I guess he's teaching her how to drive. That's kind of what it seemed like. And she's really eager to keep Mm -hmm. driving. I think they're going on vacation somewhere because they're trying to put bags into the trunk of the car and... As Michael's walking to the car, she's she's very anxious to leave. Like, not anxious, but she just wants to go. She She's excited. And he sees one of these Italian men that he had, had met with when he first got to Italy. And he looks pretty suspicious. And as soon as he sees him, Michael calls out to Apollonia, like, wait, like, don't, don't turn on the car. Like, don't do anything. And as soon as she turns on the car, it's actually a car bomb. And the car explodes and it was meant for Michael. It was meant for for both of them, but more so him than her, which is really sad because anyone that anyone loves in this movie dies. Yeah, it's really sad. Um so, now we're we're at the meeting of the five families of New York and New Jersey and the Godfather says that he's going to get out of the drug business, which I was a little confused about because I thought he had never been in it in the first place. Because he said no to the Turk. So that confused me a little bit. But maybe that was his original business in the first place. I was kind of confused by that. But I don't think he had ever been involved in the drug business. Yeah, I I, I just couldn't tell. I, I assume he was just saying that to appease everybody. Because mm-hmm. it would have just been contradicting everything that happened before. Um, so then the Godfather also says that he will not be taking any vengeance for Sonny because it won't help anybody. It'll just get more people killed, which I think is a very valid point. <laughs> Why did it take so long for these people to understand that? Well, I think it's just because he was in the hospital and and everyone else was so impulsive and trying to get vengeance all the time that that's why it didn't work. Yeah. I guess he's continuing to serve as like a moral guide for everyone. Yeah, the most moral of the the mob bosses. um and he also says that because i'm not looking for vengeance for sunny i want michael to come home and not have the fear of being killed all the time um and then he swears on his grandchildren and i was like why does everybody swear on their children or their grandchildren because nobody cares who they kill so yeah those are just words yeah i i didn't understand why they they took that as something to go by i don't know these people don't mm-hmm. seem to be that nice. But then... Then they decide that they're going to sell the drugs, but they're going to control it, and they're not going to let uh, children buy them. Oh, yes. Yeah. At this point, it got really disturbing because they said that they were going to sell it to African Americans and just call them slurs, which was awful. But I think it's, it's something to note that the godfather doesn't become a part of that. Yeah, he does. He does? Yeah, that was the compromise. He's going to offer them protection. And, give, like, the police are going to get involved as long as they control who they're selling the drugs to. Oh. We look at these movies from very different lenses. 
I feel like that was important. I think you're right, and I just missed it completely. I need to watch these movies no. twice, but that one was three hours. Maybe I misunderstood. I don't know. I think you're probably right, and I just missed it. Or okay. I'm forgetting because I have a terrible memory. Anyway. They also find out that the person that's been messing up their lives this whole time was Barzini. This is like the, the scene after this happens. Before Mike gets back. I had no idea who Barzini was at this point. I I think it's hard to tell. I think that's why it's so confusing. Because you don't... Like, we are in the position of not knowing that Barzini's done everything. Mm -hmm. And I I don't... I don't think I I fully understand how Don Corleone figures it out at that meeting. Like, what is that one thing that makes him realize that, oh, it's him. And we only know that it's him because he says it in the car. I don't I don't mm-hmm. think it was clear. I I think maybe it's because he's known the five families for so long, so he knows the Tatalia family a lot and the the guy that's um running that maybe he could tell just by looking at him that he was kind of fighting between peace and starting this war because of Barzini. Yeah. I don't know. That that part was so confusing. But I guess we've established that Barzini was kind of instigating this whole thing, telling the Tatalia family um, to sell drugs and to be anti-Corleone. Yeah. It's confusing on purpose. You're not supposed to know. Mm -hmm. So now we cut to Michael has returned home and he sees Kay for the first time. She's walking with a bunch of children. I, I was Maybe she's a teacher or something. But then I was very confused because... He tells Kay that he's been home for over a year, and I I didn't know if this peace treaty happened a year ago and this was signaling this jump in time. That was confusing. To, that actually really stuck out to me too. But it hasn't been a year because uh, Connie is still pregnant. Yeah, which is again, I was like, how I don't understand this timeline. And also, how does Mike expect Kay to marry him after he ghosted her and? didn't reply to any of her letters, married someone else, and then came back. Yeah, I did not understand any of what she was doing. And then she just leaves with Michael in a car, and I was like, where did the children go? She just left him behind. There's 12 children running around the streets, unsupervised. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So at this point, Michael is taking charge of the Corleone family Be- because um the godfather he's he's much older and he's he's been sick and getting shot three times doesn't really help um mm-hmm. so he tells Kay and and the rest of the family that within five years their operations will be legit it won't be any undercover business and they're doing that by moving to Nevada and buying a hotel and casino from someone that they had been working with before. Tom Hagen is also uh, the lawyer now, and he's not the consiglier. Don Corleone becomes a consiglier because he doesn't, or Michael doesn't think that Hagen can do it because it's wartime. Another important point to notice is that Carlo is now finally in the family business, mm-hmm. which is annoying because I hate him. Yeah, I was confused why he hadn't been in it at all for so long. Like, the only time that we had seen Carlo and Connie was when he was hitting her. So then they 
we go to Nevada and we see that Alfredo has been in Nevada. He was sent there a long time ago to work with the Green family for, for protection at that point. But now he's he's been working with them for so long. And Johnny, the singer from the beginning of the movie, is also there. Um, and at this meeting, Michael asks Johnny to sign a contract saying that he will appear five times a year at this hotel and casino and also ask his celebrity friends to do this as well because they want to support this casino and and Johnny signs it right away because of everything that Don Corleone has done for him. But Alfredo says that he has never heard about this buying the hotel and casino from Green. And he he knows that he would have because he's been there for so long and they've become close that he would have told them if there was this deal on the table. So the current owner, Green, says that, no, he will not sell it because the Corleones don't have the pool anymore because um, the Godfather has been, he's been ill and that he can't really force him to do anything anymore. There's, there's no offer that can't be refused. So Alfredo also really disappoints Michael because Alfredo supports Green more than he supports his own family, which is that callback to what the Godfather had said earlier about how he really found family important and that it was family over everything. Mm -hmm. I also just wanted to point out that um, Michael's face looks a lot better now. He fixed it all up (laughs) because before throughout the whole thing he had or ever since he was punched by the police chief he had a huge mark on his cheek and then they got rid of that i think that also shows the passing of time yeah well also someone fixed it for him like Mm -hmm. he must have gotten surgery but then they're back at the house in new york and the godfather says to michael that in this upcoming meeting that he's going to have about about the five families and about like kind of the future of what's going to happen that the guy who sets this up is is a traitor mm-hmm. and i didn't really understand how he knew that i mean he's right but i don't know how he knew that i think he just knows these things it's <laughs> his elderly wisdom okay sure i'll i'll take that I'm also not sure who says this, but around that point, someone says women and children can be careless, but not men. And I was like, hmm, interesting uh, that you would say that. (laughs) Okay. The way that women are treated in this movie is just awful. I'd like to say it's uh, because of when it was filmed, but it's not. (laughs) Yeah. So then... I think it's, I think more time passes. Like, it seems like it because Don Corleone seems older. Also, it's weird because Kay and Michael have a kid now, but Connie is still pregnant. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah, what? <laughs> um, I'll get to that right after this, but yeah, that really confused me. So then the Godfather is playing with Michael's kid, and... The, this this kid must be four, three or four, mm-hmm. I, I think. He's so cute. He's very cute, adorable. And they're just playing in, in flowers, and then he just dies right in front of his grandkid. Yeah, I kind of saw that happening. I knew it was going to happen. Like, you could see it was going to happen, but it's, it's so terrible. That poor kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I actually felt really bad when he died. Like, I don't know why I'm rooting for this mob boss this whole movie i think it's i think it's because he he has that moral compass that no one else in this film has (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah he just dies and then 
they go to his funeral. It seemed like all five of the families were there as well. Because there were so Mm -hmm. many people at this funeral. And yet again, at another life event, they need to talk business. And this one man, Tessio, he's also a traitor at this point. Tessio, Mm -hmm. who has worked for the Corleone family, he comes up to Michael and tells him that there needs to be a meeting with Branzini. Mm -hmm. But also, it's also the Tataglias, or is it just Branzini? I think it's, well, doesn't he end up killing all of them? Yeah, they all die in the end. So he ends up killing them all, so I think that they're kind of faking showing respect for uh, Vito, and um, because in the end they're just all traitors, and I think that's why Michael kills them all. Yeah, but yeah, that's what, like, because Tessio is the person that came up to Michael to talk about it, that means that he's the traitor that mm-hmm. has been behind a lot of the deaths and, and the misfortune. Yes. But then this is where the timeline becomes even more confusing because Connie asks Michael to be her son's godfather and he needs to be at his christening, which I thought happened as soon as the baby was born. But Connie was pregnant so long ago, but now Michael... And Kay have a kid who looks like he's definitely not one or two. But I don't know. I was Is, is this another baby or is this the same baby? Because there wasn't another child present except for Michael's child. Yeah, like why wouldn't you see the kid at the christening? The second, the first kid that they had allegedly. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was also thinking that maybe when when Carlos went in the second time he was hitting her they shut the door and you don't see what happened so i was thinking maybe she loses the baby oh yeah i didn't think of that that's probably what happened but we also don't know that she had been pregnant at any other time so it's it's kind of confusing if you didn't catch that which i didn't even think about until after it happened yeah i definitely that's definitely a note i'd like to i'd like to make (laughs) because they should just say like they could just, it would take one second for them to say, oh, Connie's pregnant again. Throw it somewhere in there. Yeah, I, I think that would have made a lot more sense. And it kind of throws a timeline off if, if it doesn't make sense. But mm-hmm. while this christening is happening, you're also seeing, and it's, it's ironic because Michael's saying, yes, I denounce Satan, I denounce all these sins, while mm-hmm. you see these men going around and killing all the other leaders of the five families. And like you said earlier, there's that glass shattering, and you see um, Green also gets shot as well. He gets shot through his glasses. That breaks. One of the other men is going through a revolving door and is shot through the revolving door, which is made of glass. And then there's another one in a car. So there's always that Mm -hmm. glass shattering. It also happens later when Carlos dies. So I also wanted to say, like, during this scene... um, you could also hear children crying, which happens so often throughout the movie. It was so disturbing hearing children crying throughout the whole thing. It, like, made me upset. <laughs> so after this killing montage on top of the christening, Michael meets with Carlos and is like, sit, sit down with me. Like, here's a drink. And I was like, the drink is poison. Carlos is going to die. <laughs> and then Michael says to him, like, you're leaving. You you cannot be with Connie. You're you're a terrible man, which he is. 
Um, and his, yeah. he says, get in this car. We're taking you to the airport. You're leaving. And he doesn't really fight it. That Like, he does for a little bit, but he, he doesn't put up much of a fight for it. And as they're in the car driving to what you think is the airport, he's sitting in the front. And then there's a man in the back who comes around with a, a cord and strangles him. And while he's being strangled, he, like, kicks his foot through the windshield and the glass breaks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that glass breaking again. And... Connie blames Michael for everything that happened, and she says that he only kept Carlos alive until it was the right time to kill him after Don Corleone had died. Which I don't think she's wrong at all. He was a terrible person. The Godfather wouldn't stand for him being killed I, because he is family, and I don't think he would he would do that. Um, so Michael took advantage of that after he had died. Yeah, and it's just crazy to see that he lied right to her face about it. Like, how how do you mistake that? Yeah, and as soon as Connie leaves the room, Kay asks him, like, what, like, did you do this? And he tells her, don't, don't ask about my business. I told you don't ask about my business. And then he calms down. He's like, fine, this one time you can ask about my business. And she says, is it true? Did you kill him? And he says he didn't. Like, I mean, yeah, he could just be lying, but at the same time, like, he, technically he isn't the one who killed him. Because mm-hmm. someone else killed him, he just ha- gave the order. <laughs> okay, well, he also kept calling her hysterical. Like, he was responsible for killing her husband, and when she's showing normal emotions and is visibly upset about it, he's calling her hysterical. And he also... Whoever grabs Connie while she's screaming, he tells that person, he's like, go take her to a doctor. Yeah. You just killed her husband. Like, regardless of how terrible he was, you did just have him killed. And you didn't consult her about it. Yeah. It's just, it's not right. (laughs) Yeah. So, in the end, the only people who didn't get killed in that family is Michael, Connie, and Alfredo. And I guess Tom. Everyone else died. Is the mom still alive? Or did she die at some point? Oh, oh, she's still alive. She was at the... the Christmas. She's at the funeral. Oh, the, is that the funeral? Oh. I think she, oh, she was at both of them. Yeah, so, I mean, she might still be alive. I don't know if she, like, silently passes. Because it's not violent. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe she's in the later movies and she didn't die. But the movie ends right after this scene where, where Kay asks michael if he did it and he says no and she walks out and at that point three other men walk into the room and they they call him don so that means that he is now the head of the household and the door shuts and that's that's the end of the movie Mm -hmm. like one final shift of power yeah which i thought was interesting and i don't know how they would continue that to two other movies but i thought like even like that would have been a good end to to -hmm. everything I think the second one is a prequel, and then the third one is a sequel. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd watch a se- I, uh, prequel. Yeah. So I, I, I'd love to know how the, the first Don Corleone got into power, because it's not, it's not clear in the, the movie. Yep, I agree. So overall, what are, what are your thoughts? Overall, I think that this was an important movie that I probably should have seen before, um, even though it kind of perpetuates uh, gender roles and is not very good for women. Um, I still think this was an important cultural film to watch. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. How about you? I mean, I I did like it. It was a bit long and, like, hard to watch three hours of a film. Like, like even now, like, with the new Avengers movies, those are three hours long, and that's... I, I can't really sit through that. That's a lot. But I think any older movie that we watch is gonna have those same stereotypes and, and gender roles, and it's it's gonna be hard to avoid. But I... I think I, I think I like this one more than Rocky, and I think this really captured my attention, and that may be because I didn't have any preconceived notions about it, because I, I literally knew nothing about it. And I think also it's important to watch because there's so many references to it in so many other films, like even just the two that we talked about, which are children's films, they still, it's, it's still really important to be in that, so. Yeah, and also uh, watching this as someone who is like, who has, like, relatives from Italy, um, it's kind of, like, funny, because you get, I don't know, even though these people were in the mafia, you still (laughs) kind of see, like, the Italian, uh, culture that you can relate to. Yeah, no, definitely, I, I was thinking about my, my grandfather when they would, like, list off Italian desserts and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, when he said, uh, leave the gun, take the cannoli. (laughs) that was funny yeah we watched two italian heavy films in a row and really really reuniting us with our heritage (laughs) (laughs) but i i i enjoyed this i'm i'm glad i've seen this one yeah i'm i'm glad i watched it too so i mean that's that's it from us on the godfather let us know your thoughts on the godfather and let us know if you want us to watch two and three we are also going to be starting a little game on our, our Instagram and Facebook where we'll give hints to what movie we're watching that week. And whoever is the first person to guess what movie we're watching will give you a little shout out at the beginning of the episode. So yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at How Have We Never Podcast and on Facebook where How Have We Never Seen This Before. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, congratulations. You've made it to the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. How We Never Seen This Before is produced by Isabel Barone. The music is by Scott Holmes. Our social media is run by Lauren Cola. And our podcast art is now being made by Michael Beaumont over at Monitor Comics. So thank you so much for that. And we hope you enjoyed and we'll see you next time. Bye.